Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of the WW3 podcast. I am Will, and in this podcast, a new episode will come out each Friday or Saturday, and we'll have a different subject. These subjects will range from my personal life, sports, college, and other topics that I feel all the audience may enjoy. And that's what this one's all about, because I also enjoy this. So this episode is going to be about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for those of you that don't know, this is a string of movies that actually fit together um, all through Marvel, all just through Marvel that have been made, whether by Disney, um, actually, which Disney acquired Marvel. So um, it's a bunch of kind of franchises, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, a lot of those connected together that create one big storyline. So... In, in this episode, we'll be talking about that, and in particular, what, what we'll be talking about is all those movies, all 21, 22 of those movies. No real subnosis. Uh, what I'm going to do is I will recap, though, characters um, introduced in those movies and the, the uh, Infinity Stones introduced in those movies. Then I'll also uh, kind of talk about the importance of those characters, um, and I'll do that through the timeline. So if you were to watch all 21, 22 of these movies in order, this is the order you would go in. Number one being this one, and the last one being the one that's about to come out in Endgame. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, okay, number one, the first one you would watch, second one. So then after that, I'll be giving my opinion on Endgame, um, kind of how long, I'll give my opinion on how I feel about how long the movie is or is supposed to be. And um, along with what I want to see out of it. And then the next thing we'll talk about is, and this part will be very short, the promotional things that that they've been doing with trailers and posters, uh, revealing posters. And then right after that, this part also won't be long because it's very few things, uh, hidden things or things you might not know about, uh, those promos. And then the last thing we'll talk about Again, probably won't be long. The longest thing will be the timeline. Uh, will be w- maybe one or two theories that um, have been floated out and talk about those. And I might give my own theory um, on Endgame here. So let's start out with the timeline and how you would watch these in order of when they take place. So the first movie would be Captain America. It takes place in the 1940s. So some key characters that are introduced in Captain America, the first Avenger. Obviously, Captain America, Steve Rogers, uh, Bucky Barnes, uh, Cap's best friend. Um, Red Skull, he's he's actually a critical part of this uh, time timeline and is critical part in um, a movie down the line here. Um, so keep him in mind. Uh, Peggy Carter, uh, a big character part of Cap's storyline. And then Howard Stark, and obviously he's important because of Tony Stark. Now, in this movie, you, we are introduced to the Space Stone. That is the blue one. And we're also introduced into this movie that it is held in something called the Tesseract, which, believe it or not, actually rolls through just about almost every single one of these movies. So moving on to the second movie, uh, to the second one, you would need to watch, and that would be Captain Marvel that takes place in the 1990s. 
So, obviously, uh, a key character we're introduced here is Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel herself. Um, we get, Obviously, we get her backstory. Now, the next key person that uh, was not in uh, any order either is Ronan the Accuser. Uh, he is one of the, or he, yeah, he's one of the big bads, or the big bad in this movie, depending on how, depending on how, on how you want to think about it there. Um, Agent Coulson, Nick Fury, obviously two very important characters. Fury actually uh, finds and starts the Avenger Initiative in this movie, and we're introduced to Agent Coulson, who's, has, who's been at S.H.I.E.L.D., not not super long at that point. Then we're also introduced to a new species called the Skrulls. Now the Skrulls are aliens that can shape shift into humans and blend in, and that's going to be be a part of one of those theories that we'll discuss last. No stone introduced in that movie. Third movie you would need to watch is the original Iron Man, so Iron Man One. Um, obviously, we're introduced to Tony Stark here. Um, I'll throw in Happy Hogan, just because um, I think it's a f- he's actually kind of a fun character, um, actually played by the movie's director, John Favreau. Um, Pepper Potts, uh, she's a key part in Tony Stark's uh, character arc, and that's why I think she's very important here. War Machine's also introduced in the first Iron Man, but not played by John Cheadle, believe it or not. Then Black Widow's also introduced in the first Iron Man. So, in the first Iron Man, uh, Pepper Potts, obviously, we see that it's Tony Stark's assistant. We eventually get to know that uh, they are in love. War Machine, one of Tony Stark's best friends, uh, eventually becomes a part of, well, he is a part of his life and will become just a little bit closer here. Um, And then uh, Black Widow is one of the, uh, is the first Avenger as she helps Fury try to help recruit Tony Stark to become a part of this initiative. Then, believe it or not, f- immediately following Iron, the original Iron Man in this timeline is Iron Man 2. So we go back-to-back in Iron Man's. Um, no key characters introduced in Iron Man 2. No stone introduced in Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2. So moving on to Hulk, obviously we're introduced to Bruce Banner. No real other big characters. No stone and I would say the big thing to know about, or one interesting thing to know about this movie, he's act, Hulk is actually played by Ed Norton, not Mark Ruffalo. And I, that's not a key point, but it's just an interesting fact. But a key point here, keep in mind, one of the, end, uh, one of the ending scenes here, I, I, I believe after the credits, I know I haven't said it yet, but spoiler warning if you haven't seen any of these movies, and I haven't seen Hulk, but Tony Stark shows up, talks to uh, a somebody through the army, and says, "Hey, I need to talk to somebody you know. Uh, we want to form a team." And obviously, that's starting to set up for the Hulk's recruitment to the Avengers. Following Hulk, you you then have to watch Thor. So obviously, you're introduced to Thor, Loki, Hawkeye, Heimdall, and Odin. Obviously, Thor is the big big person of this he's the he's the main hero of of this movie Loki the mischievous brother of Thor and we're introduced also to their home planet 
and uh, Loki obviously playing the big bad in this movie as not the big bad, but a minor bad in this movie. We're introduced to Hawkeye, also Clint Barton, played by uh, Jeremy Renner, still played by him. Um, and we're introduced to him, and as we know, and as the Hawkeye that we know and have come to love, that, um, you know, I'm not going to say that because I'll leave that later. Um, Heimdall. Um, I threw Heimdall in here. Uh, because he seems to be, if I remember right, kind of a teacher to Thor uh, as he struggles with certain things. He helps him uh, when he can't uh, he can't see, or well, when he can't work on his powers, or if he also helps with Heimdall if if. Uh, if something's going on back on their home planet. So. All right. Uh, and then Odin, obviously Thor and Loki's father. Um, he plays a big part because he. He kind of tells his story of when he tried to do uh, what someone. Uh, when he tried to kind of take over the. Uh, the. Uh, I guess universe by gathering the infinity stones and trying to essentially unite people together. Uh, but he had to pay a sacrifice um, and sacrifice, he sacrificed his daughter and obviously it took a toll on him, but that's what, uh, that's probably essentially all what you need to know about Odin. So following Thor, you have the Avengers, and there we're introduced to Maria Hill, played by Kobe Smulders, and uh, who, and a guy named Thanos. He comes at a post-credit scene. Uh, no real, I mean, just essentially one line of dialogue, and by the way, not voiced by, um, not voiced by the, uh, voiced by a different per or played by a different person than. Who was who played him in Infinity War or Josh Brolin? Um, but we are all, all also we're introduced to the Mind Stone in the in the Avengers as we see a couple of those characters uh, get mind controlled. Um, following the Avengers, we get Iron Man three. No real uh, big characters to be introduced. No stone was introduced, but. Key part here is that we start to see a different side of Tony Stark. He's starting to teeter between the lines of, okay, do I want a normal life or do I want this hero life? He teeters with that and we see Pepper Potts kind of take, take a bigger role than usual than she has in those other two movies. Following that, we have Thor Dark World. Um, and here, we're introduced to the Collector. And the collector is um, not, obviously not on Earth, and he's not on Thor's home planet. Uh, he is located elsewhere, actually I believe on the planet of Nowhere, and um, he is actually a key part to the narrative of the Infinity Stones as we move on. And here we're also introduced to the Reality Stone. Uh, which is the red one, and by the way, the mind stone is the yellow stone. 
Uh, then we move on from Thor Dark World to Captain America Winter Soldier, which has one of my favorite scenes in all the MCU, uh, which includes Cap running by a newly introduced character, Falcon, who's actually one of my favorites. Um, and Cap keeps running by him. And he, as we know, as you know, Cap has uh, insane speed. And Cap just keeps going on your left, on your left, on your left. And Falcon just gets so mad. But it's probably one of my favorite scenes. But Falcon's introduced, obviously, another big friend of uh, Steve Rogers. And personally, I love Falcon. Anthony Mackie does a great job with that character. We're also introduced to Sarah Carter. And she's she's another kind of key player, too, because she's also a love interest in Cap. Uh, So that kind of drives his storyline just a little bit more. But then, near, uh, I believe, post-credit scenes, we are introduced to Quicksilver, the uh, the fastest man alive on the Marvel side of things, and Scarlet Witch, um, as you know, who's played by Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, but we're introduced to them at the end of Winter Soldier. Also, key thing to know about Winter Soldier: we established that Bucky was uh, brainwashed by people, end up turning bad. And uh, Cap had helped save the world. Moving on to the next movie, which was Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably my favorite movie uh, throughout all the MCU. Uh, And we're introduced to Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, Groot, Nebula, Rocket, and Yondu. I'll start with Yondu because some people may think he might not have had an impact. But obviously... um, he, uh, he does have a big impact because um, this is probably the first real death that happens later in Gardens of the Galaxy 2, which actually follows that, that really, um, I'll, I'll talk about that later, but Yandu has a great impact on Star-Lord. Um, Rocket is Rocket. Yeah, I mean, he's part of the Gardens of the Galaxy, which, um, which helps kind of, well, well obviously... He's one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Nebula and Gamora are important because they are introduced as two of Thanos' daughters. And we kind of know who Thanos is, but we don't completely understand um, what he's doing or what he wants. Um, So we see these two and we see Nebula kind of as a bad character. And Gamora obviously switching over to Guardians of the Galaxy on their side and not a big fan of Thanos. Uh, Groot... Uh, just an awesome character. And also, we get a big thing established by Drax here that Thanos is not a good person um, because he went and he killed um, just about everyone on his planet, uh, which included his family, and Drax got out of that. And in this movie, we were introduced to the Power Stone, and this is why I say Ronan the Accuser was a big part of uh, Captain Marvel because he is back in Gardens of the Galaxy, and He's a part of trying to take the Power Stone. And obviously, it doesn't work out for him. He takes part in a dance battle, and things kind of go wrong for him. So then we move on to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and we're introduced to Mantis here. Yeah. And Mantis, believe it or not, uh, she doesn't have that big of a role in this movie, but I think she has a bit of a bigger role near the end of this timeline 
But as I said earlier, Yondu's death in this movie, I think, has a big impact on Star-Lord. Because we established in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 that his, his mother's dead. He, don't know, he doesn't know where his father is. He meets his father in this one. And obviously his father's not the man who he expected. And Yondu was really kind of that father figure for Star-Lord. And his death kind of really changes Star-Lord's... Uh, and has a big impact on Star-Lord's character arc going into... What will, what will be Infinity War, and once we get there. Um, so after both of the Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, and no other stone introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we, are in, we go into Avengers Age of Ultron, and we are introduced to, I think, another two key players, which will be a part of, theory, uh, part of the theories here, Vision and Ultron. Vision, obviously, a part of uh, another part of Ultron. Ultron was established to kind of be this... AI that helps Tony and the Avengers um, when they need some help, but Ultron ends up turning to be a villain, and by the way, great voice acting by, I believe, James Spader, really, really good, and then Vision comes apart to kind of be this, essentially what I think as a moral compass to the Avengers here as well. Uh, no stones introduced there, but we see that the Mind Stone is is established into Vision to kind of help um, for him to come alive. So then, after Age of Ultron, we, we see Ant-Man, Ant-Man's next movie, and here we establish Hank Pym, the first ever Ant-Man, you know, he's struggling with uh, what happened to his wife where she got trapped in the quantum realm and or thinks that she's dead, you know, he he's not happy, and, you know, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, I'm just going to call him Paul Rudd, um, comes along and ends up taking the, uh, ends up taking the character of Ant-Man, and in the meantime, meeting uh, Hank's, Hank's daughter and Janet, and uh, them kind of creating a relationship between each other, believe it or not, but um, Janet and all the, Jennifer Van Dyne, Hope Van Dyne, and Hank are all, all going to have a key part um, when it comes to, because well, right then and there, we're kind of introduced to the quantum realm, and that's going to be introduced into the theories as well. Following that, we have Captain America Civil War, um, and in Captain America Civil War, here's who we're introduced to, T'Challa, T'Chaka, Peter Parker, May Parker, and No Stone. So obviously this sets this sets the tone for uh, these next couple of movies that come out. Um, T'Challa being Black Panther, you know, and T'Chaka actually is his dad. Who it's another very impactful death here because now T'Challa is driven to kind of take over as king and take on the dawn of Black Panther here to to get revenge for his father. Um, and then Peter Parker, obviously. Uh, is Spider-Man, and we see him first being played by Tom Holland here, uh, being introduced by Tony. Uh, essentially, well, he's... He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's inducted to the Avengers, but he's invited to take part of this fight by, uh, by Stark. May Parker, obviously, Peter's aunt, and she's actually, you know, because she's his aunt, she, you know, kind of is the moral compass of him, a uh, big part anyway. So after Civil War happens, after the fight between, oh, also a big part of this too, if you don't remember, it's established that when, um, 
uh, Tony's parents were killed, that uh, that Bucky was actually under the influence of some sort of, and keep in mind, because this was also established in Winter Soldier, that he was under whatever that influence was, and he actually killed Tony's parents there. Uh, and Tony was not happy. So moving on from Civil War, Black Panther is next, and we're introduced to Mbaku, Okoye, and Shuri. Um, I did not throw Lupita Nyong'o's character on here just because she wasn't in in, uh, in Infinity War, so I throw I threw the other three that we knew um, that were in there. Mbaku, obviously, he was the leader of that other uh, cl- other crew that. Uh, T'Challa had to recruit again, uh, to fight against Killmonger. Uh, Okoye is one of the uh, badass uh, women, a part of that army there. And Shuri, just awesome, uh, plays a really good, uh, really good character, and uh, obviously has a big impact as she has a great knowledge about the technology and uh, could potentially change the uh, the way the MCU um, looks at tech- technology. After that, we're uh, we go into Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, by the way, no stones introduced in Black Panther either. We go to Spider-Man: Homecoming, and you know, if you, th- I, I, I could only really find three characters, um, and they're not even that big yet. Um, MJ, uh, the Vulture, and I'm gonna say Ned just because Ned's Peter's best friend, and um, that uh, Ned's awesome. MJ, of course, because it's a love interest of Peter, and Vulture's the big bad, and that kind of helps tell the story of Peter's up, you know, up in uh, up and coming as Spider-Man. Uh, so that's so that's Spider-Man: Homecoming, essentially. So then, following Spider-Man: Homecoming, we get Doctor Strange, and with Doctor Strange, we're in- introduced to the Ancient One, who's the one that uh, helps train. Uh, Doctor Strange to become, uh, to, to help him master his powers. Uh, we're introduced to Dormammu, who is a very, very powerful character. He he takes care of uh, the he essentially runs the reality. And actually, fun fact is, I was kind of looking these things up. Dormammu, voice also voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. Believe it or not. Then, of course, we're also introduced to Doctor Strange there. Um, Doctor Stephen Strange. Um, And we kind of were introduced to kind of his Iron Man kind of attitude as well. Then we're introduced to Wong, uh, who I threw on here just because he's also a part of Infinity War and actually could be a big part of it as well. Um, also within Dr. Strange, we are introduced to the time stone, which is the stone that Dr. Strange has to protect, um, with his eye of Akimoto. Followed by that, it's Thor Ragnarok. And definitely one of the, definitely the best Thor movie out of that franchise. And here we're introduced to Hela, who is Thor and Loki's sister, um, Korg, who's that really awesome rock uh, f- thing that uh, Thor ends up talking to before his fight with his friend from Wok. Um, and then also Valkyrie, um, 
obviously Hella was very powerful, but Corgan Valkyrie, um, two uh, two people who were part of that ship that we'll talk about uh, actually really soon here that gets attacked at the beginning of Infinity War. And then uh, we get to Ant-Man and the Wasp, and this is where we kind of get even born to the Quantum Realm and everything gets established, and you don't really have any big bad characters established here. Uh, not any big bad or essentially any good characters because we're introduced to Hope um, in, in the first one, and we, we finally see her in this in this one, but uh, you know we finally see her get out of the Quantum Realm, but keep in mind... Well, actually, we'll get to that um, after this. Uh, but really, like I said, no key characters being introduced. Uh, but then we get to the big one in Avengers Infinity War. Here, we're introduced to a couple characters. And actually, and here's some fun facts just th- um, from Infinity War. Number one, um, the Asgardian ship, um, as you hear like at the beginning of the movie... That distress signal is actually the director from uh, from the first Thor movie. Believe it or not, doing that stress call, uh, distress call, and uh, going back to actually Ragnarok really quick. Korg, the rock formation. He's actually he was voiced by Ragnarok's director too. So just two interesting facts about that. Um, uh, but yeah, so Infinity War we're introduced to the Soul Stone, and we're also introduced to the Black Order. Those are those alien-looking figures along with Squidward, or actually the alien that looks like Squidward, on um, on Thanos' side. So we're introduced to those uh, those characters, and we're introduced to the Soul Stone, finally. Um, and we see that in the form of when Thanos has to sacrifice the one he loved, which is Gamora. And as we know, that actually dry, and that has driven Star-Lord's character arc to where she's died, and essentially he has... And he has nothing, and that's why he attacks Thanos at that one moment. And here's why I'm going to say Mantis had a big part, because she, she, uh, when they were fighting on Titan, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man, she was the one who got on his head and kind of put him, was getting ready to put him to sleep, and then, of course, Star-Lord screwed up. But uh, she she was having a big part of that, um, she she was proven to have a big big part of that movie, which um, which which I think was very eye opening there. But so this is Infinity War, um, and you know, the directors have from Infinity War have come out and said Valkyrie and Korg have escaped the ship. Um, so that's essentially what we know about Infinity War and all the stuff we know about the timeline except for two other things about the timeline. Endgame is obviously right after Infinity War and Spider-Man Far From Home, which actually come, which actually isn't that far out from actually coming out, is, uh, is, takes place right after Endgame. So that is your timeline for the MCU. So that means you start with Captain America and you end with, as of now, Far From Home. Uh, once that comes out. And if you plan on watching all these movies in in succession and going in that particular order, it's gonna take a while. You're not gonna you're not, not gonna make it to your ticket time for uh for endgame if you do that. So if you do decide to do it, good luck. 
I hope you get it done. Uh, I definitely cannot do that. But moving on to uh, my opinion on Endgame, and I want to talk about the runtime. The runtime is confirmed to be three hours and two minutes. Three hours and two minutes. So that means, okay, let's let's go ahead and let's talk, right? You're talking to your friends. Okay, let's go see Endgame at here. Let's let's go at like four. Let's go at four. Kind of have or like let's go at three. You know, have a late lunch and then we'll have a late dinner. Well, you wouldn't get out there till six. Out of there until after six. So essentially, what you're having right then and there, if you're deciding you're having lunch and dinner, so what you should do is you should get two things of popcorn and get ready. And uh, if you need to go to the bathroom, go quickly. I would say because Endgame's probably gonna have a lot of stuff. And what in that's all I got to say about the runtime. Honestly, it's gonna be long. It's gonna tell a lot of story. So just be ready to do whatever. Get two tubs of popcorn maybe for yourself or for for your group and then uh this time your bathroom breaks correctly um but what i want to see is i want to see a really good story and i want to see something that is equally honestly as crushing as infinity war i want to see something happen to where it's worth it to where um it's just you you see someone that we love like a hero that we love has to sacrifice himself and i think that's the only way you can do infinity war justice is that at at least one maybe two of these heroes sacrifice themselves um and from what i've been hearing and this is only speculation so in i'm I'm gonna say this right now there's only speculation that we have we have a Black Widow movie coming out, and it's going to be about her backstory, so maybe she, she won't. But we're getting a Hulk TV show or whatever on that Disney Plus streaming thing. So it sounds like he won't be going out. We know that Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier won't be going out because they have the same kind of deal. But now the question becomes... Who who else is there? Thor. I haven't heard anything about Thor. Uh, but Cap, Iron Man, and Hawkeye. Actually, it sounds like Hawkeye might be getting his own show on that Disney streaming thing too. So he might be safe. So it leaves it to Iron Man and Cap. Uh-oh. Now, that's not, now that could be a theory, but I'm just throwing that out there right now. But that's what I want to see. Because um, it will be worth it, I think. Along with that, a lot of action, and a lot, of, and all those people who were snapped, and Gamora, and maybe even Loki come back. Um, that's what I want to see. And another thing I want to see is I want to see the impact that it would have, uh, that that has had on all these heroes, including people we haven't seen um, yet. With these people, the impact that he's had on them. So that's all uh, basically my opinion on it. So getting into the promotional things. So obviously you've probably seen a lot of the trailers. And you've seen the posters that were posted on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. And 
uh, you know, they're all very kind of generic trailers and that, but the trailers have been really getting, getting me hyped to see this. And essentially I would, I would probably see it after, you know, after I'm done with, uh, with school. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the big the big deal here with these promotional things is there's hidden things within it. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to get right into it here. So the one thing I want to talk about, uh, and I'm going to start with the trailers, is that both the Russo brothers who direct these movies, Infinity War and Endgame, have come out and said, don't believe everything you see in the trailers. Some things are CGI'd in. So whatever you see in the trailer, don't get too excited about it. If you see... Like, if you see maybe, like, Captain Captain Marvel and Captain America, like, maybe standing next to each other, you know, that might not be it. That that might not be CGI'd, but it might. And we've and there's been a history of this, too, of trailers for Marvel movies lying, and in particular, Infinity War, because uh, if you remember, one of the trailers came out with Hulk, um, like, literally Hulk, fighting in Wakanda and that didn't happen so just warning on that if you see something in the trailer that you're intrigued by that might not be the case because it could be CGI then because the directors came out and said that um and that's the only thing we can say about the trailers really because that's all I really know uh I watch videos on people breaking down the trailers but that's the only thing I'm taking away because I don't want to say anything that because those people say anything say things that could potential spoil the movie but I'm just gonna say that's all I'm gonna say is don't trust the trailers um but there's one other promotional thing that I think everybody needs to hear if they never really if they didn't pay attention to it so um Marvel and Disney tweeted out and put on Instagram posters of characters from from the whole universe, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, from all these movies. And uh, they were colored, and they were black and white. So, and, and if you remember the people affected by the snap, if you remember people that were affected by the snap here, here's what I'm going to tell you. Is that those people, their posters, black and white, because they were affected by the snap, along with Gamora and Loki. Uh, colored, the colored posters were people who survived, so like the original Avengers, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, uh, War Machine, uh, Scarlet Witch, like those, those people, Rocket, Nebula. Um, all of them, they were colored. Now, if you go to uh, take a closer look at some of the colored ones, you see Happy Hogan. Okay. Does that mean he's going to be in the movie? Because we see that he's a colored poster. He's alive. Yay. We see Pepper Potts in a colored poster. We, see, we, know, we now know that she's alive, she's alive and she survived the snap. Hooray. Um, we see Wong. We now know that he has survived the snap. Yay. And here's another thing, because people were not happy with this. Number one, Hawkeye not being in Infinity War. Two, 
Scout Scout Lang or Ant Man not being in in the movie. And then number three, Valkyrie. There we're not fans of Valkyrie not being in the movie. So what we know is that we do know Hawkeye and we do know uh Ant Man will be in uh in Endgame. And th- and we know that they survived the snap. Um but there was Valkyrie, interestingly, had a poster and was colored. Now, I don't know if this was for the fans or implying that all these people that have posters are going to be in, in Endgame. So all the, those are all the colored ones. Now, here's where things get a little sticky here. Is if you look at the, color, uh, the black and white posters... It gets, obviously, like I said, you have those people that were, um, uh, that were affected by the snap. And you, you have, uh, Gamora, you have, uh, Loki and all those others as well. And so we saw, we saw all those. Uh, but there were a couple others. If I could take a look at these here, I'm gonna pull them up. So yeah, so like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Gamora, Mantis, Loki. Nick Fury, Sp- Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Drax, Groot, Bucky, Falcon, uh, the Wasp was one. And then here comes the most revealing one. You ready for this? Because not, po- not a lot of people were expecting this, but Shuri has a black and white poster. And it makes us wonder, did, did she not survive the snap? Because if you remember the movie, we never saw what happened to her. So, that makes things a lot more interesting. What happened to Shuri? So, right then and there, you should know she did not survive, either she did not survive the snap, which is shocking, or she somehow died in the movie. And we don't know how. So obviously, she did not... It, which, when I first saw that, I was kind of freaking out. Because she was one character that everyone assumed, okay, they're safe. And like I said, it makes you question whether these all these people will be in the movie. Because, I mean, it would, it's self-explanatory for these... Uh, well, for all the dead people, including Shuri, to be in it. But then also, it, quest- it, it raises the questions of those ones that were colored that we didn't see in there, like Happy Hogan. I mean, Pepper Potts was in it for a little bit, and Valkyrie to show up. And it's just, hmm. So, more than likely, keep an eye out for Valkyrie and Happy Hogan and Endgame. That's all I have for Hidden Things in 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 the in the promos uh that's all i have
But uh, so let's get into the final part of this and let's get into some theories. Uh, and I'm going to get into two or three here uh, fan theories. And I'm going to save the best one for last. So the first one I'm going to talk about is that Hawkeye or Clint is actually is actually a scroll. Um, I'm not a big fan of this. I don't think that's the case. I'm just going to say no straight up to that. And like I said earlier, scrolls are those alien forms that showed up in Captain Marvel that can uh, that can uh, shape shift into humans. There's another. Uh, it actually might be for it because I'm going to flow this one out and this actually, because there's not, to me, there's not much evidence on that one, but there's a lot of evidence actually on this one that Nick Fury might be, that um, might be a scroll because it's established in Captain Marvel that he does not like being called Nick and he's been called Nick a couple of times and hasn't batted an eye um, and that he got shot in one of the movies and he's still alive, so... There's a theory floating out that he is a scroll, and actually, it could be. I'm, I'm not super sold on it, but with all that evidence, I think there could be the case case of that. Um, and then I think there's one I can't remember. Um, that oh yeah, this is one that they're all. Either number one can be in a time loop, or two, they're all trapped in Soul Stone. The people who were killed or got snapped, uh, who were killed straight up by uh, Thanos, and then also snapped. Um, and then the people in the time loop are the ones that are alive. Um, those are just theories. Um, the time loop is controlled by Doctor Strange. Um, I I like the Soul Stone one. That's actually one that I I, I kind of kind of back up um it makes a lot of sense um kind of based off of what happened in the movie after it happened after the snap happened he thanos did visit gamora little gamora and what seemed to be the soul stone so um you have that and i think it, it's a very uh very good theory and then the time loop one i think that'd be very interesting but i'm not too sure how how i'd like it um considering would maybe see the same thing over and over again in Endgame, and I don't want to see that. I mean, they're trying different things, but it would be the same kind of scene. It'd be Groundhog Day, and I don't want to see a Groundhog Day thing in 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 Endgame. Um, but actually, there's actually uh, this last theory is so ridiculous that I just want I have to share it. Um, it's so funny too, and here's here's what it is. So Ant-Man, obviously, is going to be a part of this movie. Ant-Man's going to be the one to defeat Thanos. And the, way, and the theory is how he does it. The theory is how Ant-Man defeats Thanos. So as you know, uh, Ant-Man can shrink, shrink down to the size of an ant and can also grow up and grow very, very large. He can grow very, very large. And so the theory states... Ant-Man shrinks down and, believe it or not, enters Thanos. Now, here's where it becomes interesting. Where does Ant-Man enter? You could argue the mouth, but this, this one theory particularly states he goes up the opposite end of the mouth, the butt. 
he goes up Thanos' butt, and then when he's inside Thanos, just he decides to grow very, very big, and in that case, killing Thanos. It's the the name of the theory. I'm not gonna say just because it's so it's it, it's so ridiculous, and I just don't want to say it. I want this to be a to be a family friendly show, uh, but uh, it, it's it's such a ridiculous theory that it just has to be shared. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So. That that's those are the fan theories that have been floating out, and um, now if you do live on, if you live on social media like kind of like I do, uh, you'll see things and you'll be intrigued by it, and I know all the time people will do this, and there's set photos coming out from movies or TV shows, and sometimes I'll do it. I'll do it for Walking Dead when I was watching it sometimes, and I saw this one, and I clicked on it one time. And it was while, and it showed Ant-Man, Cap, I believe Iron Man, and maybe even Quicksilver, and what seemed to be New York around the first Avengers movie. And that was a set photo. Now, yet again, this could be, now that could have been taken at a time where they were just at that point, and those actors were all together. But, and you could argue that, and they're all just in their costumes, you know, just hanging out because it didn't seem like cameras were rolling anyway. So that could be the case. But based off of that, I'm going to throw out my theory here. And it, it, I think this has been floated around, but I, I think this is a very good theory that, uh, and it, remember, if you it, if you heard in the trailers that they break up into teams. So I think that they're separate teams. They go to different points at key parts of the Avengers' lives and warn them about Thanos and what could potentially happen. And then that changes the complete timeline and some people survive, they end up dying, or so on and so forth. So could this be the fact that we could see a Yondu again? Could we see Quicksilver again? Is there a chance, any chance we see Loki or Gamora again? Is there any chance that we see any of those snapped again? More than likely, based on my theory, that, that's going to be the case. Because, well, number one, in New York, they actually end up defeating those aliens and Loki. But what happened, in, in this case, they're going to have to make sure that those the Infinity Stones stay completely away and out of sight so that Thanos d- doesn't know where the hell they are, and then they go and fight Thanos later on in the movie with him without the Soul Stones, and back in the same scene in in Infinity War in Wakanda. So I think that could be the case, right then there. That's my theory. That's all I got on the MCU, right there, my friends. That's all I got. So uh, talking about next week's episode. I, I'll do, I'm still torn on what I want to do, uh, whether it's Disney, Disney World uh, trip, trip advice, or whatever, or if you want me to talk about something in particular, uh, 
go ahead and, you know, go ahead and contact or go on the page and uh, post something if you want. You know, feel free to. Um, I I could still do a Q and A episode. I only have six questions, and if you want if you want a question answered, I'll answer it. And it's still up to up, you know, up in the air for what I'm gonna do next week. So hopefully you guys can help me, you know, figure something out here. Uh, so that's all I have. Uh, goodbye, adios, however you say goodbye, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode.